Hey everyone, it's Ryan again with the Blockchain Podcast. And today I want to talk about all of these hard forks that have been occurring with Bitcoin and uh, discuss kind of what they mean, how they work, and what my outlook is going forward. And more specifically, we'll talk about Bitcoin Cash, which is the uh, dominant sort of fork that is uh, gaining some steam and also gaining a lot of ire by the community. But I'll also touch on Bitcoin Gold, which is also attempting to solve a different problem. So what I think initially people need to understand is that each of these forks are trying to achieve something different, uh, specifically the Bitcoin branded forks. Now, forks have happened since the beginning of Bitcoin, or, or shortly thereafter, I should say. And a fork, all it really is, is a copy of the code base. Because Bitcoin is open source, you can go in there based on its licensing, copy it, fork it on GitHub, and start your own project. And a lot of uh, the altcoins, uh, I would say most of them, have started this way, including Litecoin, Zcash, um, uh, all sorts of uh, coins out there, Monero, everything that's basically based on blockchain technology is probably uh, by some means either inspired or directly copied or forked from the Bitcoin uh, core project. So with that said, you know, what's the big deal? There's all these coins, there's all these forks. Well, what changed this year was actually that the forks, instead of being rebranded to something like Litecoin and some modifications made to the hashing algorithm and some other things, instead of just kind of taking the project and rebranding it and going your own way and creating your own new blockchain, instead, what has happened in 2017, uh, specifically around mid-2017 for Bitcoin Cash, well, was that it was copied um, and then for, you know forked, but then also the blockchain and all the transactions were also copied, and it was claimed you know that it was you know more or less the real Bitcoin. Now they weren't so outright in the early days that this is the real Bitcoin, but now it's it's kind of becoming this this clash of brands, if you will. So now instead of taking the code base or the technology and forking that, which everyone is okay with because of the licensing, now there's a battle for the brand of Bitcoin. And that's a much different thing. And it's a new idea uh, somewhat. But at the same time, it also has implications because of how they did it with the blockchain. By copying the blockchain, it means that everyone that had Bitcoin prior also had Bitcoin cash. And so that's why if you have a Coinbase account that you may have recently saw that you got uh, some Bitcoin cash deposited in your account if you held Bitcoin before the fork. So if you held it before the fork, uh, you automatically got Bitcoin cash. And if you held Bitcoin before the fork for Bitcoin gold, for example, you will automatically get Bitcoin gold if your exchange or your wallet supports it or if you go in and you extract the private keys and do some other things. I won't talk about that in detail here. But think of it as kind of hijacking the network or the brand or I should say, not or the brand, the network and the brand versus taking the code base and starting a new project. So that's the big difference between, say, a Bitcoin fork and just a normal altcoin fork. So why did this happen? Um, now, there have been other forks that I think have been Bitcoin branded before, but they were not really a big deal. They were just kind of more or less altcoins being forked. But now there's this battle because of the... Uh, the disagreement uh, or the lack of consensus or the ability not to agree to agree on how to scale the Bitcoin network. And this really is centralized around fees as well, because the Bitcoin network has become very congested as it's become more popular, um, more people use it. There's a limited number of transactions that can be included in a block. 
So to kind of step back a bit, so a block is created every 10 minutes with Bitcoin and it's limited to one megabyte. So as many transactions as you can fit in that one megabyte, they will be confirmed uh, within 10 minutes, uh, an average of 10 minutes for that block. Right. And so if you have more transactions than one megabyte, the other transactions have to wait in line. So you have to go say you have eight megabytes waiting in the mempool. The mempool is kind of the backlog, if you will. Uh, They have to just wait and there's nothing they can do about that. And the order and the way in which they are kind of uh, prioritized based on that is the fees, because the miners are the ones that decide what goes into the uh, block. And if the fees are higher, it's more lucrative for the miners. So they want juicy fees. They want high fees. And so if you want to be in that next uh, block, you have to pay high fees. Uh, If you don't pay high fees, then maybe there's a whole bunch of transactions waiting and you may have to wait a lot of blocks, you know, 10 blocks, 50 blocks, 100 blocks. And that means minutes, hours, days later to get your uh, transaction confirmed. So that's really what it is. And some people kind of use the analogy of, you know, blockchain is kind of like a highway and it's packed. You know, all the lanes are congested, all the lanes are filled. You know, it's, you know, like L.A. at rush hour. And the question is, do you increase the number of lanes, which would be something like um, increasing the block size? Or do you do something like reducing traffic, which would be something like Segwit? And that's what uh, uh, was adopted and integrated into the Bitcoin core client uh, early in mid-September or sorry, mid-summer. And that's kind of where this kind of branching took place. So that's when Bitcoin Cash was created. There was a soft fork, there was a hard fork, and the hard fork of Bitcoin Cash was a disagreement on the SegWit scaling and the path that that was leading down. So Bitcoin Cash does not have SegWit. So to talk to give you an idea of what SegWit is, so SegWit's not uh, the process of increasing the block size. So the one megabyte's still there at this point. But what SegWit did is it took information out of the block that wasn't necessary Uh, and I'm simplifying this, but wasn't necessary to be in there. So for example, you reduce the block size by 50% or more because you just remove information that doesn't need to be in in that block. And so effectively, it's increased the block size from two to four megabytes, you know, quote unquote, not actually that size, but by removing data, um, it was effectively increased to that, whereas Bitcoin Cash was increased to eight megabytes. So you can think of it as eight times more bandwidth, whereas SegWit is, you know, two to four times more bandwidth. Now, the caveat there is not everyone has actually integrated SegWit into their wallets or into uh, their other services. So it's not actually fully even today, even several months after um, implementation, um, it's uh, not being used yet in the in the client or the uh, products or the wallets or whatever you want to call them. So it still has some time. And as it, you know, those are more adopted more and more, you'll see fees come down because of that. But at the same time, you see the popularity of Bitcoin going up. So it may be a moot point. After SegWit, the idea for Bitcoin Core is to, um, well, it's kind of not even a core project. It's a kind of this side project, which is the Lightning Network. And you'll hear that talked about a lot. And that's kind of this off-chain scaling where not every transaction has to be put onto the blockchain, but it's kind of settled on the blockchain. And I won't talk too much about that, but more or less, it's, it's a proposal for scaling. Whereas Bitcoin Cash has said, hey, we have a problem now. We need to increase the block size so that fees are low. Um, And they did that. Now, if we jump over real quick to Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Gold has SegWit. Um, Bitcoin Gold 
copied the blockchain. Uh, they copied the code base. Uh, so they actually are very close. But what they did differently was they actually fired the miners. So instead of using the SHA-256 algorithm for hashing, they changed it to Equihash, which is a uh, GPU-friendly hashing algorithm. So this is actually really important to kind of keep this drama and this, you know, in order in all the players. So let me kind of recap. So you have Bitcoin Core, which is what I'm going to call the project, which is its technical name. Um, and that is the one that has one megabyte block size and has SegWit and has the SHA-256 algorithm and is the one that more or less people are going to claim uh, is the original Bitcoin. Okay. And then you have Bitcoin Cash that, uh, and I'd say Bitcoin Core is also very heavily supported by the Bitcoin, by the core developers. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is the first kind of prominent spin out uh, which occurred earlier this year, and that has decided to uh, increase the uh, block size, change how the difficulty is adjusted, and more or less uh, around the idea of containing fees, but I think also um, to a certain extent uh, maintaining the uh, mining role in this whole ecosystem prominence, if you will. So let me explain that a little bit. So a big proponent of Bitcoin Cash is Bitmain. Okay, Bitmain is by far the largest uh, uh, mining equipment manufacturer for Bitcoin. Uh, they produce the uh, Antminer S9, which is the uh, world's you know most prominent, uh, efficient, uh, best miner, ASIC miner for Bitcoin. And they, by some estimates, they uh, control about 80, 70 to 80 percent of that market. So they really actually own the hashing uh, market for Bitcoin. And so with SegWit and uh, the Lightning Network and some other things, there's the possibility, not guaranteed, that the miners may be less prominent in that ecosystem. And it's more the people who provide liquidity uh, for the Lightning Network and some other things. But all that said, it's very interesting that Bitmain is a huge supporter. There are a handful of others that are big supporters. And more and more people are supporting Bitcoin Cash because the fees are much lower. And you see BitPay, for example, adding support for it. You see Coinbase adding support for it. You see NiceHash uh, potentially adding support for it. Uh, you see quite a few others. And what you're seeing now, too, is people... Um, uh, dropping Bitcoin as a payment uh, system like Steam and others because it's just one, there's the volatility, but more importantly, it's the fee structure. If you're trying to buy a 20 to $50 video game and the fees are 20 to $50, it doesn't really work. So uh, people are looking to alternatives. Another alternative is Litecoin, which is a good one. But again, all of these coins will actually run into the same scalability issue. Uh, and if they increase the block size too much, they'll run into a slightly different issue. Now, let me jump over to Bitcoin Gold real fast. I'd say of the three, the least respected, but also um, maybe the one that is actually most in line with Satoshi's original vision, which is this decentralization, the fact that you can mine with a GPU with it, and that's very decentralized, and that they've added SegWit, and that they're one megabyte block size. Uh, it, it provides you know, a much more uh, uh, Satoshi-like or uh, vision, if you will. However, that said, it's not actually that much better or not even better at all than a lot of these other altcoins that provide similar functionality. But again, it's, you know, a third tier sort of uh, Bitcoin fork. I do think it has some legs. It's hanging out around 200 and something, 200, $300, which is about a $5 billion market cap. It does provide an interesting aspect around the Equihash uh, algorithm and kind of firing the miners. 
But again, like I said, you have Zencash, you have Monero, you have Zcash, you have Litecoin, you have a bunch of other coins that have been around a lot longer um, that uh, are, you know, arguably better than the uh, uh, Bitcoin Gold. But Bitcoin Gold does have that network effect that they were able to uh, kind of inherit by copying the blockchain. So that is that is an important thing because a lot of the initial value is created by the network. So if it becomes uh, valuable enough, people will start demanding that they you know get their Bitcoin Gold from exchanges. And then if they get that, then they may say, hey, look, you know, I have some of it. Then it starts this, you know, kind of natural network effect. Anyway, all of that said, the reason that uh, scaling by just increasing the block size isn't necessarily the best option is, you know, think about creating eight megabytes every minute or every 10 minutes and going on every day for, you know, days and days and days, months and months and months, years and years and years. And eventually you get to a point where you're adding to the blockchain like 300 um, and something gigabytes uh, uh, per year. Um, And so that's quite a bit when you're you know thinking about okay i have to store all this i have to sync all this i have to transmit these transactions i have to search through all these transactions and so it it can be cumbersome but at the same time it's not really in my opinion that valid of an argument given what we have today given what bandwidth is today given what storage costs are today Um, it's not that big of a deal to increase it's about eight megabytes and kind of kick the can down the road to figure out a better scaling method and maybe that scaling method is a lightning network or some alternative methods. But right now, I, I, I do have to say fees are, are ridiculous and it needs to be you know addressed from a product point of view. Now, that said, um, as this scaling uh, continues, uh, it's, it's really important to be thinking about who's going to be running these full nodes. And this, again, is it goes back to the eight megabytes. Who's running these full nodes when you have terabytes of data? You need to have a pretty healthy CPU. Then what people are afraid of is that, and quite a bit of bandwidth, is that uh, people that are operating nodes will be specialty sort of equipment or high-end equipment, kind of like mining right now with the ASICs is specialized equipment. And that's been being centralized because there's these huge mining farms. And then you'll see these uh, nodes that are you know beefy and huge. But with nodes, it's kind of a little bit difficult too because in the Bitcoin network, nodes are not compensated for being there. Um, whereas with, say, Zencash or, or Dash or others, you know, nodes have a place and they also get paid um, uh, to be a node. So they get a portion of the mining fee. We'll see how the node works, but if the nodes get pu- too big, um, the question is, is, you know, what's your incentive to run it? Uh, and that's what something like Zencash and Dash and s- some others have, are trying to address is, you know, hey, you get paid to run it. So you're incentivized just like you get paid to mine. So a little bit off on a tangent there, but one other thing I'll add about uh, scaling uh, the network and, uh, you know, the increased uh, size of the blockchain and syncing and all that is that, uh, you know, unfortunately, not everyone in the world has access to this, you know, high bandwidth, you know, high storage, you know, high compute to handle running a full node. And so that's another concern is that it, it really centralizes to more wealthy countries or more wealthy people and eventually to, you know, big server farms or in the cloud or AWS or Google if the requirements get so large. But really, you know, I personally don't see a way around that other than maybe these off-chain or side-chain sort of applications where you're kind of splitting off and doing things locally, if you will, or in a smaller chain or or whatever. And to me, that's just kind of... Um, 
it's, it's not a bad solution, you know, the kind of this off-chain stuff. But at the same time, it's kind of what's naturally happening right now, too, with all of the altcoins. So if you think of Bitcoin as kind of this, you know, its own chain, you have all these other altcoins. And people are talking about these altcoins uh, about uh, for using transactions, whether it's Litecoin or Dash or otherwise. And I do that as well. I, I look for coins that I can transact and move around without, you know, paying an arm and a leg. And so it's almost like these are these uh <laughs> i don't know how to put it these these side chains or these off chains or these whatever you want to call it but they're actually just these different projects and so there might be something interesting with atomic swaps between chains and some other things but again i won't go into that too much what i want to jump back to now that uh, we kind of have a little bit of an understanding of the implications of increasing the block size is what what these three projects with core and cash and gold what they're vying for and what might be the underlying politics behind this so with with Bitcoin Core, there's this march towards SegWit and Lightning Network, and and for Litecoin as well, and a handful of others. And even though Lightning sounds you know great in theory, it's not a, implemented. It, it's going to take time to get adopted. It's going to take time to you know deploy software around that. And by the time, in my opinion, that that actually gets implemented, you're going to have some major problems. And we already have major problems with fees. And so if you're going to wait that long, you're going to lose users. You're going to lose adoptions. Other altcoins are going to take that uh, that space. And you know, is it really worth it anymore if you can't get it done in a timely manner to uh, serve the demand. And so that's kind of where I see Bitcoin Cash is filling that void right now. And they're coming in and saying, hey, we have low fees now. You know, we're familiar um, and uh, we're going to figure out scaling. You know, we're going to kick the can down the road. We're going to figure it out as well. And so now you are seeing more and more adoption of Bitcoin Cash in spite of, you know, the Bitcoin core kind of folks and, and a lot of the developers up in arms and calling it a shit coin and a terrible coin. I and this is kind of going to be blasphemy from a utility point of view. I like Bitcoin Cash more than I like Bitcoin Core because it's more usable um, from the sense in the sense that uh, it's just cheaper to use. It's faster to use. Um, and so is Litecoin. I'll use Litecoin as well. I'll use Zencash. I'll use, you know, other coins as well. But you have to think about the customer. And you have to think about the product. But I think there's also something more going on where Blockstream is the or the folks or the company that's developing Lightning Network. And so it, Blockstream is on top of Bitcoin. It's not Bitcoin. And so a lot of the core developers for Bitcoin are also employed by Blockstream or paid by uh, Blockstream. And so there's this cozy relationship. Again, not saying that the technology, the innovation is bad, but I'm saying that there are politics involved around it. Now, with Bit, Bitcoin Cash, it's, it's you know, Bitmain. I mean, they, they want that to go. They put a lot of hashing power, a lot of mining power. They're supporting it. There's uh, Roger, who's also supporting a handful of others, actually lots of others. And so there's this kind of, I'm going to call it the mining cartel or maybe, you know, some of these users or whatever, maybe Coinbase and others. So there's these weird relationships that are going on with these big players that are pushing for different things. You know, from the user point of view, if you're building an application that, you know, requires low fees or you want people to adopt it, you need reasonable fees or people aren't going to adopt it and your business is going to suffer. If you're a mining 
designer you uh, manufacturing that hardware you want to sell as much of that hardware as possible and you want to keep that as a you know important portion of your business model because it is your whole business model and so you want to um, not necessarily have all these off-chain things you'd rather have more transactions and get uh, uh, maybe a lot more of those transactions uh, even if they're smaller amounts get a larger volume to make up for it but you know even saying that even the implementation of Lightning Network is still going to require, you know, Bitmain or whoever else to create mining equipment, right? Because you still need to put things on chain periodically. So with Bitcoin uh, Gold, you know, again, it's a minor, minor player in all of this at this point. But, you know, it's not really beholden to anyone. Um, it's 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 GPU friendly. It's uh, got all the same aspects of Bitcoin. Um, it just doesn't have the backing like uh Bitcoin Core does or Bitcoin Cash, whether it's through the, you know, Bitmain, which is the most powerful, uh, one of the most powerful companies in the space, or, you know, the uh, core developers and a, a bunch of others in, in the user space uh, for Lightning Network and other things, which let's say Blockstream is the one with Lightning Network, and they have a lot of pull as well. So they don't, uh, Bitcoin Gold doesn't have a lot of, uh, 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 I won't say politicians, but doesn't have a lot of uh, leaders vouching for it, a lot of money behind it. Um, and again, it's it's not necessarily any better than any of the altcoins. So that's kind of what's going on in this, you know, uh, debate about how to scale, about fees, about these different projects. And kind of as you, you know, sift through these things, I think it's important to think about less of the politics and, you know, these different people on Twitter bickering back and forth uh, and thinking about when utility is going to become more and more important and how that's going to change adoption. So you're seeing that now. And I, and I urge you to take note of that and not to let your emotions get involved. But you're seeing that uh, more people are accepting Bitcoin Cash. It's being listed on more exchanges that, uh, you know, uh, more current cross-currency pairs are including Bitcoin Cash and that there are big players behind it now big players don't always mean a you know a good thing but it does mean that there's money and support and it will be very interesting to see you know which one comes out on top and a lot of people are saying well you know bitcoin's always gonna stay on top i, I think if they can get you know segwit adopted by a bunch of people and they can get lightning network adopted and you know the software is great and they listen to the you know the, their, their users i think it'll do great but if they don't you know they're going to end up like netscape or you know myspace and you know that's blasphemy to you know a lot of folks out there but you have to think about these things critically and not emotionally i mean you're not emotionally tied to these projects these are these are uh, technologies and products that need to be looked at objectively and you need to understand you know how the business is and how the people and 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 what they're going to um you know uptake and you hear it more and more slow confirmation times high fees are killing bitcoin adoption and uh they're going elsewhere so I'm going to stop there, but there's a lot of there's a lot of intricacies to this. There's a lot of technical aspects. There's a lot of political aspects, but uh, I think that uh, all of these altcoins and all of these forks, they have merit to different degrees. There's a lot of shit coins out there, but the ones that are more prominent, say the top 30, the top 20, they all are actually trying to do something you know that's uh, important. They're not just uh, you know money grabs. In my humble perspective. Uh, perspective uh, they are actually trying to just solve real problems or innovate in real ways and you know a lot of them won't be successful um, the ones that have chains deployed will be around but there's going to be the big dogs and there's going to be the people that fall to the wayside and there's going to be the ones that you should never touch 
And so in future videos, I'll kind of drill down more and more into uh, different coins, different technologies and how things are developing. And to stay up to date, you know, go to blockchain.co. Um, I'll be adding more articles and more information. It's a process in the works, but uh, sign up for the newsletter or sign up for account more importantly, and I'll be adding uh, some more detailed information that is behind the uh, sign up. So go ahead and do that. And uh, I'll see you next time on this podcast.